Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Mike Shope. We were having a very serious conversation about mayonnaise here. And the Bulldog. And don't even talk to me about weed. On WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, rolling along into the 5 o'clock hour. Glad to have you along for the ride with us today. Mike Shope is on vacation. I am the Bulldog, Sal Capaccio, filling in for Mike today. We've got Zach Jones at the controls. 803-0550 is the number if you'd like to get in on the conversation. A lot of football today. We'll turn our attention to hockey in about an hour when Paul Hamilton joins me to kick off the Sabres pregame show. Sabres are in Montreal to play the Canadiens tonight. Friday night they will be in Columbus to play the Blue Jackets. So that's the next couple of games for them. But between now and then, me and Sal's going to be hanging out here talking some football and would love to have your input at 803-0550, again, if you are so inclined. I feel like we left off here, get sort of sidetracked by all this uh, league stuff, quarterbacks and receiver talk uh, in the back half of the 4 o'clock hour. But when we were talking to Joe Marino from uh, Lockdown Bills and Lockdown Scouting um, in the 4 o'clock hour sale, it sort of dawned on me that I have not really been considering Edge as a first-round need. And, you know, I, I, I know what the numbers are, but for some reason when I get I – get, if I get off of wide receiver as the idea, my attention turns to defensive tackle. Maybe that's because one of the first draft analysts we had on was Cody Carpentier, who was on, I think, from Mobile during uh, during the Senior Bowl, and this this wrecking man sweat the defensive tackle from Texas was somebody that he talked about. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's an idea. And I, I just have not really been focused on edge rushers, but you can certainly make a case. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to make a case for it being the bill's first round pick as fatigued as I guess maybe some fans have been by it um, because of all the assets they've poured into it in the last few years. They don't have much there under contract at all either. I am also fatigued by it. But I also understand and know that you almost have to do it, you know, early on and pretty often. You you have to invest resources in it. You you ha- unless you have that guy that's if you unless you have a Micah Parsons, you know, young, he's incredible, right? And he's going to be there a long time. You, you have to do it, and you have to get that guy. And I don't know who that guy is because of the question of Von Miller. And then even if Von Miller returns kind of even semi to form, maybe this might be the last year. Now, next year really changes how you can get out of his contract a little bit, right? And mm-hmm. start to save some mm-hmm. of that money. You really can't this offseason. And Greg Rousseau, I like him a lot. He's not that 
oh my God, we got a game plan for Greg Rousseau coming off the edge kind of guy. He's just a really good player all around. I love his game. Yeah. Love the Bills have him, but that's not him. Leonard Floyd, yeah, but you know, Leonard Floyd even said like he he's a free agent. He's gonna he's gonna follow some money, right? He's gonna go mm-hmm. get paid and he's earned that. And I don't think they can afford to, you know, revisit that necessarily at the same price. If you can get Leonard Floyd back, great. You can get someone like that in free agency back, great. Yeah. But I do think still you have to have a really good young pass rusher who can get to the quarterback. I mean, it's just something you got to do in the NFL these days, given how the league is played with these great quarterbacks. Right. I guess it's it's not enough to settle for, I can't get to Patrick Mahomes anyway, so I should just stop trying. No. <laughs> like that's it's no, te- it's, I, it's I tempting just, no. to stand there a little bit like right like just forty uh, niners did right? they got to him <laughs> that's right like the, he was sacked like three times in the first half yeah it's Chase Young and Bosa yeah, yeah. <laughs> right that, 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 I mean, there's high end right there no doubt about it um, yeah I mean Miller is such an interesting piece of this. Um, and the fatigue, like you mentioned, you're fatigued by it too. And and some of that is probably right, like going back and forth with fans about it. Um, but I mean, we all know the names. I mean, they divested themselves of Boogie Basham eventually, but that that was right after the the, the loss in the championship game. We got to get to Patrick Mahomes, so it's Rousseau and Basham, and then Epinesa after that. And you know, now we're at a point where Rousseau is the last man standing there, and we're talking about fifth-year options for him already. So it, it goes by fast, I guess, especially when you don't, you know, you're not talking oh, about yeah. a first-round pick. Like Epinesa is only a second-round pick. They're four, four years, and he's done, whereas they've still got a little bit of time here uh, with Rousseau. So, yeah, like I, I, I get it. And I, I think also as kind of a sidecar to this, I was talking about this with Nate a little bit yesterday. Nate Geary will be in tomorrow and Friday uh, to fill out the week while Mike is off. And I, I think it's getting harder and harder to settle for, well, just draft a bunch of offensive players and go out, score the Chiefs. Uh, I think that's how I know I sounded after the 20 season and kind of in the midst of this, we got to draft defensive ends, right? We got to we get to Patrick Mahomes. That was the approach the Bills took. And a lot of us were are out here going, no, you got to just find your way to outscore him. I don't know. I mean, the way the Chiefs won the Super Bowl this right. year and the way, like, it's not just the Bills that had a tough time finding their way to explosive plays. That stuff was down across the league. So I wonder if it's one of these ebbs and flows of the way the league goes. And I know you've talked about this with us over the years many times, like whether we've swung back a little bit to, you know, defense is I'm sorry to settle for it but defense wins championships like I, mm-hmm. I don't want to get all the way there but it's harder I think to just say go out score Patrick Mahomes when their defense basically won them you know won them these playoff games and then the Super Bowl even agreed um it's the easy thing to say and when you invest resources in defense and it doesn't work out that he still scores 30 points in a game the 13 seconds game or you've played him a couple times, a few times in the playoffs, and he's still beating you, it's, well, then you just got to go out and outscore him. I mean, there's no other way to do it because the defense has failed you. It's the easy thing to say. I think it's low-hanging fruit because your point is right. Well, that's not what the Chiefs did this year, and they won the stinking Super Bowl. The Chiefs invested in defense to stop other teams and said, if our offense isn't great, we can still win by having a defense because our offense will find its way eventually. That's what happened. I am not. I want to make sure. I, I am not 
advocating for that strategy because I think it was a struggle for the Chiefs to get to where they got to, and they finally won this year. So, so I don't like that's not. I love what the Bills did a couple of years ago by just boat racing everybody and scoring <laughs> a bunch of points, and unfortunately, it did end the way it did in Kansas City. We know that. I think they were built to win a Super Bowl that year. I would love that model. Just go score thirty points a game and not care about it. But that is just a very, very unique situation to be able to do. And even the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. Couldn't do that, didn't do that. They were a very average offense all year. Their defense was so good, it kept them in a lot of games, it kept them winning games, and eventually they only scored one touchdown in the Super Bowl that on offense that came from a muffed punt inside the 10-yard line before they eventually won the game because their defense kept them in it. So I agree with that, and we are going back a little bit. I do think it's an ebb and flow, and we have talked about this a lot. And you know, Bulldog, a great example is something you brought up earlier. I think the safety position is really good here, too, for this, which is I, I remember when it was, hey, these offenses are so amazing. You better go get a great safety to cover these tight ends. You better go get mm-hmm. these guys who can do so much. I don't think we're there anymore again. Now, it, I think defense is important, but I think it's the totality of the defense and how you scheme and how you just kind of insulate in the cover two shell. You don't need that. The reason why you're right about safety being the way it is now, it's kind of going the way the running back. Because teams aren't trying to match up one-on-one against these great tight ends. They're saying, we're just going to hang back and let you kind of pick us apart underneath, and that's fine with us. Right. So I don't need to go out and get a great safety anymore. That's, that's a great example of how this league has gone back the other way. Yeah, and, and, if, and if you do have guys that will get paid, um, they're probably unique like, say, Kyle Hamilton is. Right? Yes. He's, he's more of a – he's more of what – he's maybe more like how the Bills use Jordan Poyer this year – Except he's in a youthful, you know, young, <laughs> explosive, athletic body, not a guy who's played the, the amount of football Jordan Poyer's played. Like that guy, maybe you know, gets paid. But like, I don't know about just your, you know, run of the mill safety prospect getting getting big money anymore. You know, like, I, no, like, I and and I, but I would tell you that I think the Bills had those kinds of guys, right? And you still like when Micah High yep. and Jordan Poyer, and for a few years, like you were so sad, you had the best of both worlds. The Bills safety position for the last seven years essentially has been the perfect match of we can play this really good scheme to keep everybody in front of us because we don't want to get beat deep and oh yeah by the way if we have to we can still match up one-on-one with these guys who can play all different positions on the field so back to defensive end and we've mentioned Leonard Floyd here a few times and it certainly seems like he's he's at least going to test the market do you remember like what what was the backstory? Because he was when the Bills signed him. I remember it feeling like a like it was a, a bit of a jolt. Like, wait a minute, he he's got this many sacks and he's been this consistent um, over over you know year over year. What was he doing still without a job that late? Like, was there an injury there that I don't remember? Like, I, I'm wondering what his market will be this year because, I mean, he had a good year. But he was coming off a bunch of good years when the Bills got him in the bargain bin. So I, I wonder why he was there in the first place. I think a couple of things happened to Leonard Floyd, given where he was and how teams were, how the games were. And it's not necessarily untrue. He's really just regarded as a pass rush specialist, right? That's what he is regarded as. I don't think that teams wanted to pay him as a guy that they wanted to bring in to make a, okay, we're going to give you this money. You're going to play a lot. You're going to play all three downs. Mm. You're going to set the edge, pass rush. And I think you view a lot of these defensive ends as guys, if you're going to go out and get free agents, um, you know, in that regard. And even though he's a pass rush specialist, you know, 
he 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 would he could command that kind of money. You know, teams a lot of times have already settled in. They've had some guys. You need more. You need money to be able to spend it in free agency. And he probably wanted a little bit more. I think he, the second thing is to me, he outpriced himself basically, mm-hmm. which is I'm not going to get that first wave of money, so I'm going to sit around. And by the time that happened, teams who said, "Okay, we'll spend on a pass rush specialist," they already dried up that money. It's not there anymore, and we're not paying. He, we're not paying a guy to come in here and be a three-down player anyway, so it just didn't match. So to me, that's what happened. He is regarded as a pass rush specialist. That money dries up quickly if you're not in on that very quickly with a lot of these guys. Mario Williams, right? right look at that right there. Right. Um, but but then as this as it goes on, teams just don't have the money, and I think he wanted to get paid. And eventually he got paid by the Bills, but they had to work create, creatively. They gave him a bunch of void years, which they're voiding. So, you know, that that's how they wound up doing it. They kept the cap hit lower by giving him void years. And I also think it takes a GM to want to do that, Bulldog. How many GMs really want to do that necessarily? The Bills are doing it. They've done it with some guys because they're trying to win a Super Bowl. But it's not the prudent way to go for a lot of teams. Yeah, I, wa- I wonder. I, I would imagine he and his representation uh, probably learned from that. So to expect him to make the same mm-hmm. mistake or his agent to make the same mistake uh, this offseason is you know, probably not worth investing the hope in. Uh, but I guess, I don't know, cross your fingers. Like may- maybe he doesn't find a marketplace. That's an interesting analysis of him. Like he, he, he really isn't a guy that does, I mean, he does the most important part of the job, which is get mm-hmm. to the quarterback, right? But the rest of it, you know, there's not, there's not a lot there other than that. I mean, that is a nice, you know, that'll get you, that'll get you a career for sure. Uh, but well, and also remember, he was miscast his first several years in the league. He plays for Chicago. He played 3-4 outside linebacker. He was considered a, a bust a little bit in the league. And he had to be put on the edge with his hand down to go after the quarterback. That's what he does. You can't put him at 3-4 outside linebacker. I mean, that's just not – he doesn't have that all-around game. And finally, what do you do? He go to the Rams? Oh, yeah, I'm going to team up with Aaron Donald and, Va- and Von Miller? Well, of course. And I bet you there were teams who looked at him and said – well, how good really is he if he's on this group? Like, he, he's not getting the attention. If I bring him here to be my number one guy, he's going to be getting the attention. Well, the Bills, I think, felt, well, we need a number one guy. We like his game. We, he can fit into our scheme. We're just going to have him rush the passer. And, oh, by the way, when Von Miller is healthy and comes back, he doesn't have to be the number one guy, so it fit for them. Sal Capaccio uh, here along for the ride with me. I am the Bulldog. Lines are available for you at 803-0550. If you'd like to join us, we would love to hear from you. It would give us an opportunity, as we like to say, to get connected with our fans, which is brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at northtownkia.com. I mentioned on on Twitter, speaking of our uh, of our fans, our audience here, Sal, uh, AJ Epinesa getting some support uh, on Twitter as, as a player to keep. And I I mentioned earlier when we were talking about him and the defensive line that I I sort of have a sneaky suspicion that he, because of his age and his skill set, you know, it's not been a ton of production. What are we talking about? Six and a half sacks. He had the the two spectacular tipped interception plays, right? One against the Chiefs, one against Washington. Um, Like there's been flashes there. I feel like that that is the profile of a guy that probably gets paid a little more than the Bills can handle. I, I'm I'm just guessing. I mean, he's a player I would certainly love to have back, but I just don't know if they can go up into, I don't know, if he gets to double digits per year on annual average value. Yeah, and there's always two sides to it. What does the player want, right? I mean, does, does he want more snaps? Does he want to be in a more, you know, uh, uh, ro- the role of more of a kind of go-to guy 
pass rusher. Whether he deserves that or not, he might want that. He might feel it's just not going to happen in Buffalo, right? Like, I know what they think of me. I know kind of where I fit in. <clears throat> they have Greg Rousseau. They have Von Miller still under contract. You know, so the player has some say here, obviously. And, yeah, I, I think this feels like exactly what you said, which is, and I and I do think he's an ascending player, as I said earlier. Like, I, I, some team mm-hmm. is going to see that in him and go, Look, I mean, like to be transformed the way he did when he came out of college and he had a little bit of an up and down, you know, first year and a half, two years because of losing weight, being on the uh, being being in a defense that wasn't necessarily as familiar with him to get to where he is now. I think he's done a really good job. That speaks volumes of him about him. And I think that he'll score well in a lot of the off the field stuff and the way teams kind of view a guy like that and what he's willing to do. So I think that will get him a pretty good contract and the Bills will be a hard have a hard time, you know, matching. Yeah. And I don't know if the Bills will want to do that necessarily. They may need and want something else. I think they like them, but again, I'll go back to, do they think they can find guys just like them? Right. What I always wonder about, too, with a guy like that is how much some other team's front office, scouts, GMs, a guy who was a scout that's now an assistant GM or even a GM that met with him in the draft cycle, right? Did the interviews with him at the Combine, went to his pro day, right? Sat with him, really liked him, didn't get their hands on him. Now he's available. Like, I wonder how often – I would think this happens pretty pretty regularly. Like, teams remember, like, boy, if I could ever get a chance to get that guy, I want to go get that guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder about him. I mean, he wasn't a first-round pick, so maybe I'm, I'm reaching – a little bit here, but I, I just I, I just feel like that's that's going to be a guy that might be tough to hang on to. Oh, oh you you shouldn't be reaching even if it's a second round pick. They do that with fifth and sixth round picks. I mean, these, there's <laughs> yeah. they have dossiers on these guys. They have these files that they go back and, and and I've talked with personnel people who say it. Like, yeah, you you file it away. This is what it's a great lesson in what a pro personnel director does. That's what a pro personnel you you're literally there's a college personnel director that's in charge of scouting the, the the college guys and having a staff that does that and reporting back and what does it look like for the draft. The pro personnel director does the opposite. It's the pro guys, I should say. Not the opposite, but he does the same thing for the pros, which is okay, here's a guy we have a file on. Let's watch him every time, you know, you get a chance. Let's let's stay on top of him because guess what? What if he gets released next? What if he becomes open in the trade value mar- in the trade market next week? What if he becomes a free agent in three years and we really look at him? Hundred percent, that absolutely happens. You know when that starts? That's at the combine next week. Those are what they, they start getting these files on these guys. They meet with these guys. They put it in their back and they say, eh, "We're not going to have a chance to draft this guy. He's not ours now." But guess what? I would definitely keep my radar up. And I'll give you the other one. You know this happens as well as I do. I, I I can almost guarantee you somebody from the blue list that I have of the Bills undrafted free agents, almost I, I would I could sit here and tell you I think multiple people will sign with the New York Giants. Because that's <laughs> Joe Shane. Right. And that's Brian Dable. And that's a whole bunch of guys from their staff. Like, you know, that's how it works as well. They were here. They know them. They feel comfortable bringing people into their organization because they work with them before. Yeah. It's also a reason why you'll get teams, I think, that just want to do all their homework talking to guys at positions they don't really even need. Right. Just, exactly right. just to have that yes. on file. Like, you know, whatever. We have these jobs. I know it looks really cushy, but we've got work to do. And some of the work is not necessarily for this upcoming draft, but it could be for four or five years down the road when that guy hits the market. Didn't the Bills say something like that about Russell Douglas a couple of years ago? Like when he when they traded for him, he's a guy we had like kind of looked at or wanted or something like 
that that happens a lot. You're a hundred percent right about it. I remember someone even them talking about last year and saying, "Yeah, it's a guy we really looked at a couple years ago. Might have been Naeem Hines, actually. I don't even know, but it was there. There was a move. They they signed a guy. They traded for a guy, and I remember them talking about, "Yeah, that's a guy we actually kind of really liked, but you know, we we couldn't get him in here, and now we had a chance to get him in here." Sal Capaccio is in for Mike Shope. Phone lines are available for you at 803-0550 if you'd like to join us. We're about a half an hour, 40 minutes or so away from the start of the Sabres pregame show. They're in Montreal to play the Canadiens tonight, so our attention will shift to Paul Hamilton and hockey at the top of the hour. But if you'd like to join us, plenty of time still for you to get in on the conversation, talking about the way forward with the Bills, some of their own free agents, draft ideas, um, etc. All available to you at 803-0550. We'll take a timeout here. I am the Bulldog, back for more right after this on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.